for me, I was able to identify it strongly in how the girls were changing because I was used to, you know, hanging out with who I would deem as the original girls of Peckham. Do, do you get what I mean? I wouldn't say like per se in that circle with them, but we were familiar with each other. We maybe went to the same little little shubins as we would call them, you know, like here in Peckham, say on a Friday night, late, late, late in the morning and things like that. So that's those were the kind of girls that I was used to seeing in and around the area. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on Decks. It is December. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know where the year went. Um, but it's gone. <laughs> this week on the podcast, I'm talking to Natalie Walks. Natalie is the founder of Girls About Peckham, which is really a creative community and a place to celebrate the brilliant women that she sees around Peckham and to kind of retain the beauty and celebrate the core of Peckham rather than letting the media just spin its story about what Peckham what they may be, how they perceive Peckham versus the actual people of that area of London, that really, really key area of London. We talk about the process of founding Girls About Peckham and the things that inspire her. We talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, and this interview was recorded a few months ago. And we also talk about streetwear, and Natalie gives some of her top picks for people who are inspiring her and really uh, taking black culture further in the creative scenes. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's a really nice conversation and I think something a bit different from our other episodes. Rather than focusing so much on music, it focuses more on creative community. So yeah, let's go. Ladies, gentlemen. Listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We are fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. When I notice when you're doing videos and inter- interviews and things, you introduce yourself as mother and founder. So I, I wanted to start with being a mother and mm-hmm. how long you've been a mother and what that experience has been like and how that maybe changed your life and, and any perspective changes that happened. Oh, good question. I have three boys. Um, I would say that motherhood teaches you lessons daily I think you know all children as well are very different in their own right as well so again you're getting you know many different things as well from um the different children that that I have and I feel as well that my children push me as well you know they give me that drive they also inspire me as well in terms of some of the music that they listen to and I also try my best to show them as well that, you know, the things that I set out to achieve and want to do, that I do actually um, accomplish those achievements. Yeah. And, you know, we do have quite a bit of discussion around things like that. And, you know, of lately we've been having a lot of discussion around utilizing your time, even though, you know, we're stuck at home. Uh, with you know the COVID-19 and then we've yeah. just been talking a lot about Black Lives Matter and just different situations as well. Yeah how old are your children? Uh, my eldest is 20 and then I have a 16 year old and a 10 year old. That's nice do they help each other out quite a lot with things as well are they close? Yeah they do actually you know they all kind of know what they're supposed to do 
in and around the house. And yeah, they do support each other, you know, because my youngest plays football, you know, so his brothers all do have an input in that as well. Yeah. Even if it's critiquing, you know, or doing a bit of training. So yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm um, middle of two sisters and my sisters have been probably the most influential people on my on my life, really. Mm-hmm. It's most interested in sibling. Did you have siblings when you were? Oh, yeah. Up? Um, I've got three sisters. I have. Ah. Yeah, so. <laughs> lots of girls. And then now you've got lots of boys. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so I wanted to ask about girls about Peckham and when you founded it and what the initial inspiration was that made you start? It was around about 2014 slash 15. I initially, I think I know what it was. I started calling myself Girl About Peckham because I was (laughs) looking for more like a, a new name as well to introduce new stories that I was coming up with as well, but also attaching it to my air and things like that <laughs> and um so that's how it initially started off and I started off by doing a mini photo shoot here in Peckham and um I worked with like a local boutique to pull in the looks so that's really how it started off and at the time I kind of put it on the shelf for a bit but um what was very interesting for me was all the different conversations that people were having about the changes and, you know, the gentrification of the era and so forth yeah. and so forth. It's and, kind of um, been at the centre of that conversation, I think, really, in London. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so um, I think for me, I think where more people were looking more so for the changes in buildings and, you know, that kind of thing, for me, I was able to identify it strongly in how the girls were changing because I was used to, you know, hanging out with who I would deem as the original girls of Peckham. Do, do you get what I mean? Mm. Like we, we would go to, I wouldn't say like per se in that circle with them, but we were familiar with each other. We maybe went to the same little, little shubbings as we would call them, you know, like here in Peckham, say on a Friday night, late, late, late in the morning and things like that. So that's, those were the kind of girls that I was used to seeing in and around the area. And I just noticed that they started to, you know, slowly dissolve out of the area and were being replaced, you know, by new girls and the headlines as well. I feel that the headlines are a lot to play with it as well, you know, saying Peckham's the best place to live and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I feel with the gentrification, they quickly started to change the headlines. And then I just started to feel like, you know, my slogan is it has to be substance over height because so many people are coming here now based off the hype that the media has created. But the original people that live here, you know, they're slowly pushed out, you know, and that's what it is. Yeah, it became, it was advertised very much as the new commuter destination almost. Like easy to get to the city, great um, investment opportunity. I feel like that's how Peckham started to become spoken about, as you say, in terms of headlines. Yeah, that's true. Because um, you had, you know, like Vogue, um, British Vogue was speaking about uh, Peckham, you know, and so many other kind of publications as well. And I just felt that, you know, when I sat down and I thought about it, I said to myself, oh, wait there. When it was the original girls and so forth, the headlines was always bad and negative and blah, blah, blah. But I still lived here. 
Mm. you know, and yeah, of course, anywhere you go within the UK, you're going to have positive and negative. Yeah. But it's just that same story, you know, they bring down the price of things. Um, so another group of people can move in and then they put the price of, you know, the property up, which then shuts out the people who originally live here and they can't really um, afford to buy anything. And I noticed many other things as well. Many other things I noticed as well. For instance, no for sale signs going up on properties, but then all of a sudden um, a family moving in from somewhere else. That doesn't make sense. That tells me that the people that live here then are not getting the same opportunities as those who are coming here to live here. Again, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Interesting. So since you started it, you've probably met quite a lot of people and lots of great girls. Can you tell me about some of the people you've met, either that you've captured or as part of it that have interested you? There's been quite a few, actually. One of them in particular is the girl who's currently now on our Instagram uh, profile picture. I met her again in Peckham. And I think it was just the conversation that we were having. I found out a lot about her. And even up to this day, uh, we still have, you know, like lengthy conversations together as well. But I was just really there's so something about her on the day that I was just drawn into. Mm. Um, was another girl as well. She had ginger hair, but it was like a big mane of hair, kind of like a lion, but it was just big and beautiful. And what it was, the day I was walking underneath the train, as I was walking, just a bit of wind went through her hair, and I was like, no way, I need to get this girl's picture. So for me, The way I don't just like to take pictures just of a girl because she's wearing a wicked piece of outfit or or fashions. For me, it's more about how what I'm connecting with with that person. It's something that makes me want to take out my, you know, and to make that connection and to for us to start having that conversation. And I remember that day as well. She she was a bit, she didn't want to do it at first, but you know who it was? It was her boyfriend. He turned around and was like, nah, come on, babe. Like, come on, this is like amazing. Just do it. So she ended up taking the, you know, letting me take the pictures. But there's been many other girls as well that I've met and we've just had a really nice, you know, vibe. And I still speak to quite a lot of them as well. A few of them have even worked with me on a few projects as well. So yeah, it's it's been a nice journey. Do you think that's made you feel even more kind of greater affiliation with Pekka meeting all those different different characters? Um, I think it's probably added to it, but I think because I already know, you know, before even like the newer characters starting to arrive, no matter what the headlines, you know, had already said, I already knew that for me, you know, Peckham had become my home and no matter the negative things that were being said, I was still able to still see the beauty in it. And there still is beauty here as well. So that's why I still like to, you know, show elements of my culture and stuff as well on my Instagram page, because I feel that's, that is what Peckham also is, you know, for many other people as well. So I, as a person, I think one of my, not necessarily like negative characteristics, but one aspect of my personality is I don't tend to feel that attached to places. I tend to 
go after change and I always want to live somewhere different and I change a lot. I'll, I'll move into a different area quite a lot and different countries. And I've always been drawn to that. And I was wondering whether you'd always been quite community centric. Well, um, I think for me, it's definitely, you know, the way how I've grown up, you know, my childhood was very much, um, you know, I was always around people from many different backgrounds, but it was still very much community. So for me, I've been to many different places as well, you know, in terms of holiday and different things as well. So I always tend to kind of look for that, you know, when I'm going somewhere, because I, I feel that when you have community like that, you know, there's a connection, there's stories. It's easier as well for you to find out who's who and, you know, things like that to connect the dots. Yeah. And I just think that's why community is is really important as well. Special. I think there's something nice about it as well in this age that we live in now where everything's so digital that to actually have real relationships with people who live close to you and feel comfortable going up and talking to people because you live in the same area. So you use quite a few different mediums to tell the story in Girls About Peckham. You use photography, as you say, but also film. And you also, I know you paint and you're, you're heavily involved in art as well. So I just wanted to ask about where you think your personal strengths lie creatively and which bits are your favourite and yeah. Do you know what? I think I'm just going to say what just came to my, to my mind from when you asked me that question. I just think it's just sometimes how my mind, you know, thinks. I just, I just want to be able to express whatever it is, you know, in whichever form or way I feel the connection or feel comfortable in doing or, or in the other way, I feel maybe it's the best way for it to also get that message across as well. Yeah. But yeah. It's nice to have the free to just feel the freedom to create in whatever way you see the output needing to be or being best delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, before you, uh, before you started working on Girls About Peckham, you had a fashion blog, am I right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me about the foundation of that and also a bit about your, your career and your background in fashion? Yeah, definitely. Um, so basically I started assisting, um, as a fashion assistant to be honest, I was, you know, advised maybe a good way for me to express how I was feeling would be to start writing the blog. Um, Because at the time as well, I was feeling quite depressed, Mm -hmm. um, quite low. I was just with my life situation at the time. And um, for me, it was, you know, you go to the doctor, they want to give you antidepressants. And I found that the blog was my means of an ant- form of antidepressants instead of me having to actually take the medication. So I just ran with it. And again, you know, I enjoyed um, just being able to express myself through fashion, um, writing what my opinions were. You know, I still focus a lot on doing my own trends and so forth as well for some different magazines sometimes. And then from that, I started assisting a lot more. And then I just kind of decided that I wanted to also, you know, come from behind the scenes and just start creating my own uh, stories. So that's really where I am at the moment. And then, um, well, February uh, for London Fashion Week, I also started like a presentation that was based on um, Windrush, the Windrush generation. So explain, explain that to me. 
the Windrush generation, uh, they came over in the 1960s and they were invited over via the Queen to come over here for work opportunities. So they came from Jamaica Mm -hmm. and basically it's really the story behind the Windrush generation. I think it was late last year they started saying that they wanted to send home send people home back to Jamaica, even though they'd been living here for probably well over 20 or 30 years plus. So really, there's been a lot of news and people have actually been sent home as well. But I do know there are people, you know, who are who, who are uh, fighting for the rights of other people at the moment, so they're not sent back home. Mm. That is mad. That is mad. Yeah. Um. Well, I did wonder whether substance over hype, whether that resonated with any of your experiences in fashion, because it is sometimes known for being maybe more hype than substance. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. I like that. It's true. You know, you're right. You're right. But I think it always has to be about the people, does it not? Yeah. I think that's why we're in the issues you know the state that we're we're at right now because people choose to not identify or give one particular group of people like myself black people they choose not to give them the proper rights or you know it's a lot of injustice and you know the list goes on and on yeah you know and um I think for me yeah it, it has to be about people it's people that make the world go round. Every day we go out, we see people. I just don't understand why they would continue to only want to acknowledge one group of people. So that's why, you know, my platform, it's about showcasing the way how I see the world. But again, you will notice, you know, that I'm very much about my culture. So that will make you know that I am black. And do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, for me it's important to kind you know to push that narrative as well about my culture and you know also that britishness as well that i grew up in as black britishness that i grew up in as well as a teenager and a young adult yeah i did actually want to get your in sort of insight on something because I, mm-hmm. my my impression of the black lives matter protest and a lot of the the change that's now happening, these conversations have been happening in kind of key publications, really sort of black run publications for a really long time that that conversation has been happening and it's been largely ignored by people like the BBC or the Guardian or, or just kind of those publications. Do you think that's true? And are there certain publications or magazines that you think are reliable and good and informative about black culture and black struggles? For me, if I want to, you know, like focus on my my culture and, and you know, African culture and so forth, I'm going to go direct to the source. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm going to be frank and honest. I'm going to go direct to the source. And I just think that the way how, you know, the media tends to portray things even down to getting the names of people wrong when they Mm. are delivering articles or you know things like that it's extremely like disrespectful you're supposed to do your research just like any other journalist you do your research you check your pictures and so forth as well yeah Yeah. um so I just think you know we've definitely 
been having and still are having a very much unfair journey. The tables are not fair. The tables are not level. There's not enough of us at these tables as well. And, you know, I'm, I think at the beginning of the whole Black Lives Matter, I just kept thinking of an old tree. I just kept thinking of an old tree. It just kept coming into my head. And even when I think about it now, it makes me feel a bit emotional. Mm. But that's what just kept coming into my head. And um, I remember kind of like feeling like to myself, like um, the roots kind of stimulate, you know, like all of the, it gets all like all of its sources and all its food, you know, from the soil and so forth as well. And when it rains, but it's just been left there for centuries. And like, you know, I just kept envisioning that the leaves are like the new systems when they feel like it, they take it away. The leaves obviously drop from the tree, but I was just referencing it in terms of like the system, in terms of, you know, Mm. what we're going through right now. And it wasn't until last week I came across a picture from an artist and I swear you know it just I just said to myself this just validates exactly what just came into my head because the picture was just exactly what I was thinking but with so many different rungs mm-hmm. you know from injustice to this to that to this oh. so it just made me feel like okay Natalie you know that thoughts and that feeling that you've been having about this tree, there's a reason behind it. And I need to do some research for myself, Mm. you know, and if I can share it with others, which I do share it on my page as well. But again, it's for people to, it's for people to digest it, how they, how they want to digest it and take from it what they want to take from it. But I know for myself personally, you know, that for me, that means that I need to do some deep digging and research and find out what that means for myself. Thank you. And thank you for the sharing that you do do. The one thing that you did speak about in a post recently was the issues around the word, using the word BAME. And I've seen a few people talking about it recently, but I did wonder whether you'd mind just expressing your point of view on that. Because again, I think it's important. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. For me personally, I, I, I wrote about this again in that same article that I wrote where I spoke about the tree and various other things in terms of, you know, how I've been feeling over the last two months. And I think when it comes to that term, for my, me personally, I just want to be known as a black female, black woman. I don't know how others feel, but I just don't want to be grouped up because I just think it's unfair to each individual group that's being grouped up into this group. And I think as well, there's even reports out there as well about the statistics in terms of, you know, COVID-19, the way how everything's been crumbed together. I also know that um, there's a 20, there was a 23-page document that was sent to the government demanding that the statistics for the Black community be counted separately, mm-hmm. you know. So these are the reasons why, you know, I feel that this term shouldn't be used anymore. And for me as well, I just feel that people are always trying to come up with these key words to make themselves feel comfortable. It doesn't make the other person on the receiving end feel comfortable. And what people also need to remember when you're using these terms and abbreviations, you're, you, you know, it's other people on, on the end of those, you know, it's not a commodity. I'm a person with feelings. And do you understand what I mean? 100%, so for me, yeah. that's how I, you know, look at it. And mm. there was also an article that, you know, after doing some research that I came across and they explained that 
previously there was an article by Roll- the Rolling Stones, the magazine, and uh, one of the guys was a senator. He was a black guy. The other chap was some racist guy from the Ku Klux Klan or something like that. And because they didn't want to actually identify that the senator was a black man, they chose to use the word person of colour. So again, you know, what they were saying in the article, by them using the term person of colour, it again takes away from, you know, them actually mentioning that this man was actually a black senator. Do you understand? So again, it's it's the way how they choose to play with the terms. And and for me, I'm I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I'm a key word for someone, you know, or a decoration because I'm not. A hundred percent. It's quite reductive to just group people like that. It is. And, you know, it's gone from coloured people to people of colour, you know, and now it's many other abbreviations. And sometimes I just feel like people come up with these keywords to make themselves feel comfortable or in a way where they they want to, you know, kind of like fit into something. A hundred percent. And by doing it, you're you're creating an an other. Mm hmm. Well, one thing I did want to talk to you about, but really I was hoping you could give us a bit of insight because it's something I know that you know a fair bit about. So I work in, I work for a well-known sportswear brand um, mm-hmm. and I've also, um, you know, this is a hip hop podcast. I've always been a big fan of hip hop and so have seen the way that culture shifted and really the way that's the impact that street streetwear has had. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you know a lot about that and some of the key figures in that, I wondered whether you could share some of your knowledge from working in fashion and also just, just from being interested in it, some of the key figures. So people like Dapper Dan, or I think of like the impact that Virgil Abloh is having. Um, I would say Prayers Moss, uh, definitely New York based designer. Um, he definitely stands out a lot in terms of, you know, his collection and also, you know, his art direction as well. I know for this uh, New York Fashion Week, he's doing more like a digital drive through okay. um, in terms of presenting his fashion ideas as well for women uh, for, for next season. So that should be interesting. And also, who else? Mm, Virgil. I'm not really feeling Virgil, you know, to be really telling that. Yeah, I'm not really feeling Virgil if I'm telling the the, the honest truth. Um, if from think, a taste point of view, it's just a few things, you know, that my eye has picked up on when I'm just my own personal stand in terms I think more so in terms of more taking the work from other black creatives and running it through his line and you know them not really getting that recognition for it so I don't really you know respect those kind of things I think it's unfair you know I think in those essence you take you should actually take that person on board and work with them to make them better you know yeah so yeah I think no I'm not really feeling Virgil if I'm very honest um who else would who else would I say who else would I say who else um I think I would definitely in terms of like um styling I would definitely say Ibrahim as well Ibrahim Kamra um in terms of styling as well you know his work is definitely one of realness as well real people real stories but you know with his added touch of 
just creativity that just comes from his mind and just being able to look at something and just know that, you know, that saying where people say a next man's rubbish is another man's treasure. That's exactly how he puts things together. And, you know, I can respect somebody's work levels, you know, who who works in that kind of essence. And, um, yeah, I I look up to people like that. And also Jen as well, Jen Nikrew as well. He also creates a lot of uh, black film as well. I definitely, she's also a girl from Peckham as well. Ah. So, yeah, I think, you know, those are the people that my mind um, you know, thinks of yeah. currently who are, who are doing real things with real people, real stories. Yeah. yeah. Iram, actually, I think of uh, his work for me is a really wonderful fusion of humanity and art sort of le- leveling up humanity, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it's very powerful. Definitely, I agree. I um, agree. Natalie, who are some women who make you proud to be a woman oh that's an easy one my (laughs) mom my mom I I can only you know what I can only say my mom to be honest I can because as much as you know we're we're told to look at other women and don't get me wrong you know we've got Michelle Obama uh, we've got Oprah we've got other fantastic women who are you know who 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 are blowing their trumpets as well but for me I have to say my mom because you know, she's, she's taught me a lot. So I have to always say my mom and I'm a big fan of telling people, if you're gonna, if you want to tell your children to look at role models, they're in your family. That's where you tell your children to look, you, you know, you don't lead them out to somebody else. You, you find them within your family because they are there. Mm. That, and what, that's my view. And what you get within a family is you get to see the reality of a person in their life. Whereas with someone outside, you sort of see more of a presentation of them and it's not necessarily so, so yeah, true. Exactly, you know. Were there any little nuggets or things that you can remember your mum saying that have stayed with you? Oh, my days. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, if you know better, do better. That is one that I've heard my mum say from when I was little, right up to now. And I'm not going to lie, there have been situations where I don't want to hear her saying that to me because my reaction wants to be totally different. But when I hear her saying that to me, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that is the right thing for me to do. I know better, so I'm going to do better. You know, but I'm telling you, sometimes it is hard to do. (laughs) But yeah, I would say that. What are your plans at the moment for Girls About Peckham and also your plans for yourself? Oh, um, well, in line with Girls About Peckham, we've got our mega zine coming out very soon. <laughs> yeah, we're literally at 60 pages right now of submissions. So big up all the girls who submitted. It's looking really good as well. It is looking really, really good. Um, we also have like an open call at the moment, um, which is the SE15 Tulip Girls, which is like an inspiration of girls about pep and pictures, you know, uh, and we're using like collages and real flowers and so forth as well to make bookmarkers with them. But we're also raising funds as well so so far we've raised a thousand pounds for two local charities here in Peckham that have been doing amazing things over the COVID-19 time uh, for the community as well Um, so the whole aim is to raise five thousand pounds but it will be shared you know like amongst um, a few other charities as well that are doing amazing things as well nice 
Yeah. Do you think having that focus has helped you get through lockdown and the changes of the past few months? Yeah, I think so. And I've just kind of thrown myself into, you know, when you look around your house and you see little things that just get on your nerves, Uh you know, it might be, I need to paint here, I need to do this. That's what I've just put my focus into. And I found that I actually really like decorating. I find it so relaxing. My mind just clears. I find it so relaxing and that's what I've been doing. I've done so many things in my house. That's so nice because it's your space as well. And I think things that you wouldn't have noticed so much before because you're not spending as much time there, all of a sudden they're right there in your face a lot more. Exactly. (laughs) I found in the past couple of days, my mind started to be a bit chaotic. And I think that's because I haven't, I've had certain decisions to make about life and career. And um, I haven't been able to really tell whether I'm feeling a certain way because of the current environment. And in six months, will I still be feeling this way? Or if it's a very genuine feeling and I've found that throwing things away and kind of tidying has really helped me just feel better because it's so simple it's like simple processing I think (laughs) Natalie where can people find you where can people follow girls about Peckham okay um well guys you can find us on Instagram at girls about Peckham we also have our um, hashtag, which is, um, again, Girls About Peckham. You can find us on Twitter, which is at Girls Peck One. <laughs> and we're also on Facebook as well, at Girls About Peckham, which will take you to our website as well. Well, thank you so much for chatting to us. And, um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, guys. Have a great evening. 